Hi everyone, welcome to the Mouse and More Podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I'm joined by Adam. How's it going, Adam? Hey Tony, how are you? I'm good. It's a very small crew tonight, just you and I. And I am lucky enough to have brought home a souvenir case of COVID from my trip to Walt Disney World. So if I sound a little congested, that is the reason why. You got the Disney World edition? Uh, it is the Disney World edition, yeah. I, some people the bring var- home magnets. Disney World variant. Yeah, some people <laughs> bring home magnets. Some people collect maps. I collect uh, illnesses, I guess. Today is Mother's Day. It is. Um, so in case we forget, happy Mother's Day. And that's probably why most of the women are not on the show tonight. Yes, they are. And all most of the men either. Yeah, that is true. So I don't know what your excuse is. Uh, I, I did my celebrating early. That's good. And I, I can't leave the house, so I'm quarantined right now for another day. That's true. So uh, let's start off with some uh, news. We're going to do a news show today. We're going to cover uh, pretty much every park in Walt Disney World and hit a little entertainment while we're at it. So we will start off with the fact that on May 1st, uh, some Magic Band Plus news was leaked. Uh, the bands were actually introduced at the World of Disney store. Uh, the... Uh, Bands that were in stock there sold out almost instantaneously and come to find out the release was early. Uh, So it was not supposed to hit the stores yet. Um, But what we do know about the new Magic Band Plus is this is the next iteration of Magic Band. They were announced back in September of last year. Uh, They were supposed to be a component of the 50th anniversary. So it looks like they're going to get here about halfway through the celebration. Uh, They still have no date announced as when they are going to be released. But what they did announce is that the bands will be um, not only a magic band as we've known them uh, in the past, but they will also include a digital voice assistant. Uh, And this will incorporate Hey Disney, which was announced by Disney last year as well. Uh, And that is a voice assistant that uses Alexa technology that will allow you to ask questions, set alarms, and get hints and answers from more than 25 Disney icons. Uh, You will also be able to use Hey Disney at your resort uh, to get information about your vacation, order room, amenities, and more. The Magic Band Plus is also going to be used to bring the Disney Fab 50 statues to life and interact with them. In Galaxy's Edge, you're going to be able to use your Magic Band Plus for Star Wars Batu Bounty Hunters, which will allow you to find hidden virtual bounties. And then last but not least, during nighttime spectaculars, the Magic Band Plus will light up and complement the event. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Adam? First of all, the price that the the price that I saw was twenty nine ninety nine. At least that's what the people paid for that got them early. Is that what you saw? I, I believe that is the price, correct. I when I when this first was announced, because because it needs a battery and it comes with a charger. It, kind of like an apple watch charger where it like clips on and then you plug it in usb and then i I also saw that they're going to give discounts for hotel guests and i think ap's and also we should say that they're coming to disneyland as well they are i would not mind paying a higher price for a rechargeable magic band i don't like Um, the fact that the current magic bands you know have a lifespan of about 18 18 to 24 months although none of mine have died out it would be nice to be able to like change the battery, especially for the fancy ones. That you, if you buy the fancy ones, uh, and now these obviously are fancy because they're lighting up. I think some of it's cool, like the fact that it will buzz your arm when you're close to something. That's interesting. It sounds like to do a lot of the stuff in Galaxy's Edge, you're also going to probably still need to use your phone. 
mm -hmm. you can like see what's on your screen. You can see on the screen what's going on, which kind of makes sense. The light up feature during fireworks, I think is kind of pointless because you, do you really want to be staring at your wrist while you're watching fireworks? It really helps the people behind you and next to you, I guess, that would be seeing your arms if you lift them. Right. It's kind of like this kind of the same idea as the the ears that would light up with the choreographed sound. Uh, it's a uh, choreographed like light lighting of the um, fireworks. Mm -hmm. You can't see it because the ears are on your head, but the people around you can. And depending on how tall you are, that could be annoying because then you can't see it past them. Right. Um, Listen, it's another it's another like gimmick feature thing that you really don't need to have to enjoy your vacation, but it just adds to it, which I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes myself included, are looking for that extra, you know, for lack of a better term, extra bit of magic. The statue thing is cool. And the only thing is the statues, in theory, they're going away at the end of the 50th anniversary. So then that feature will not matter anymore unless if they keep the statues up which i could see them keeping them up because i'm just removing the 50th emblem because um they spent all that money to install them and put them in why then take them out it's not like they're dated or anything they could just you know maybe move them around to make it interesting but right well you know th this is this will be the third iteration of magic bands the original magic band was brought to uh, walt disney world by tom staggs uh, in January of 2013, in 2016, Magic Band 2 was announced. Uh, those are the Magic Bands that we currently have. And, um, you know, they were given away free to Disney Resort guests until 2021. And uh, now they're by purchase only. You know, as, as Adam mentioned, they're not required for your stay at Walt Disney World. They can be an enhancement um, because the bands not only unlock your hotel doors, they can be used to hold your ticket media. They can be used for your photo pass uh, photos, and they can be used for charging privileges. So uh, there, there is some functionality to the bands outside of these, uh, you know, light flashes and uh, character statue interactions that they're going to be doing. So, you know, I do agree with you, Adam. They are a nice, uh, a nice complement to your vacation, but they are not a necessity by any means. I like them, especially for the hotel, because I've stayed off property a couple of times where the magic bands obviously don't work for your end. It's annoying. Have to pull out a hotel key. And I've been to Disneyland where they don't as as of now, they don't have magic bands. And that's another thing where I'm like, oh, you're used to hitting the band and now you um, you don't have it. But like they said, eventually they're coming back. Not sure if old magic bands will work in Disneyland once when the new magic bands come through. I would think so. Because I would think all that technology is the same. It's just, you know, making sure it works with the old bands. I could I could be wrong. They haven't said that. Yeah. I, they probably aren't going to say that so that people don't buy old bands. They want you to buy the new bands. But exactly. who knows? <laughs> exactly. So time will tell. Yeah. Uh, so that, that was some exciting news that came out last week. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've got some news from the Magic Kingdom. Uh, part of this I experienced myself. Uh, and that is uh, that the automated PhotoPass cameras have been reactivated. Uh, these are being used in the uh, Town Square Theater location where Mickey is meeting guests. Once again, hugs are available, hugs and autographs. And uh, we went in to get our picture with Mickey, and I was disappointed to see the PhotoPass cameras there. Um, they're stationary cameras. 
the camera took maybe five photos during our four minute interaction with Mickey. You know, you really hope that that camera would be going the whole time, um, but it wasn't. I don't like the automated camera. I like a photographer that can move around and capture different angles. And when my child is meeting with a character for the first time, you know, that that photographer can position themselves in a in a position to take a picture that captures that moment. Uh, but these fixed cameras, if you're not looking at it, it's not really capturing you. And and I just I like that human interaction of a photographer. You know, I'm, I'm not a big fan, but uh, they are available now in the Town Square Theater. They do have a cast member that operates the camera. Uh, this cast member will also utilize your own phone or camera to take pictures with the characters. And in all honesty, we got probably three times the photos on my iPhone, and they were better quality than what the automated PhotoPass machine took. Um, so not happy to see those back. What are your thoughts on the PhotoPass automated photographer, Adam? Is the person that took your photo with your phone, the character attendant, is that what that person is? Yes. Or is there another person in? How no, many there's people are in the room? There's one attendant. There's okay, one so attendant that's the, with the guests. That's that's the character attendant. Correct. That's the person that, you know, has Mickey's ear, quote Correct. unquote. Yes, and they're the ones that are... They're the, are they bringing the people into the room, the next group into the room? There is another person who is herding the people into the room. Yeah, that, so that's at like sort of the entrance. Okay. Um, if, first of all, it's nice that they're still taking the photo with your camera, with your own phone. Yes. I don't like the photo box either. Um, it's it's an elimination of a job because that's somebody's job. Although somebody has to click the button for the photos. It's my understanding well, that's, that that's the character attendant. Oh, the character attendant is hitting the. You said that. So they're just hitting. Where's do, are they by the box and hitting a button? They are by the box. That's just yeah. funny. I mean, they like they could put a person with a camera there. They could. And and I'm gonna say so, I'm gonna say something a little off the record, but it's my understanding that the photo pass photographers, who are wonderful people, they are not all professionally trained photographers. A lot of them are college students on the college program, and I'm sure Disney has their 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 teachings of how you use the camera and all that stuff, which is great. But I don't think these people are coming from the school of, you know, Canon or Nikon. Right. So it, it's it's unfortunate. It's upsetting. It's unfortunate. It's a job that somebody had to be in there to take the real photos. And said this, you have now one person in there hitting the box. And that person's got to be aware of what's going on with Mickey. They do. Because their job is to their job is to be, you know, like I said, Mickey's, you know, in Mickey's ear. So if Mickey's got a problem. They're the ones that say, OK, we got to go. We have to do this. We have to do that. And now that person's got to do two jobs, basically. Got to hit the button for the camera, for the box, and also, you know, make sure Mickey's okay. So, yeah, I don't like it. I don't think I've ever taken a photo with the photo box. uh, Yeah, I'm not a fan. Maybe this is a short-term thing until we've got enough PhotoPass photographers back because we were told we were trying to do magic shots. Uh, Some of the super zooms and the tiny world uh, photographs that PhotoPass offers and a couple times I asked about them and uh, was told by PhotoPass people, oh, you know, go to this location over here if there's somebody there. You know, we're not sure if we if that's being manned today. So um, maybe they are experiencing the same thing that restaurants uh, are experiencing in both front and back of the house, that they just don't have enough staff. And, and maybe that's rolled up to the photographer uh, 
uh, position as well. So uh, time will tell. Time will tell, and I hope that they are not a permanent uh, change. Um, But I'll tell you what is a permanent change, uh, and that's the pathway uh, that is being widened over near the Tomorrowland Light and Power Company. Uh, Tomorrowland Light and Power Company, you may know as the gift shop that you walk into when you exit Space Mountain. It used to be the home to the arcade, probably one of my favorite arcades uh, that I've, I've been in. Um, and, uh, if you've ever gone outside there, there is a very small walkway between the light and power company building and the edge of the speedway track. Uh, and there are some towers there at the side of the building. Well, what they've done is they've now closed off this side of the building and they are removing the towers. Uh, in doing so, it will free up probably eight or nine feet of walkway, uh, which will increase the, uh, space available for foot traffic going between Tron Light Cycle Run uh, and Space Mountain uh, once Tron Light Cycle Run op- opens uh, soon. We don't know when, but uh, this is all being done to improve traffic flow. So uh, that's uh, that's the news from the Magic Kingdom. I should and- say pre-Tron construction, that walkway was open. You could walk from the Barnstormer uh, roller coaster, Goofy's Barnstormer, is it called Barnstormer or is it Great Goofini? It, it is the Great yeah. Goofini's Barnstormer. Yeah, okay. You could walk from there to the power power and light station. It's where they had a they had a smoking area back there. Um, and you're basically kind of walking along near near where the railroad track was. And that was a cool walk because it was really quiet other than the smoking area. Um, so this is not a new place that people haven't walked, but it's but now they're putting a <laughs> The most popular ride in the park now is going to be right there, and they've got a skinny way to get people in and get people out. Similar to what happens with Remy, how you have that narrow walkway along the side of the France Pavilion to get to the back area, and it's a dead end. And it's just interesting that they keep doing these. This is the second like sort of dead end that they don't really have open up, and they. Like, I think I remember seeing somebody like some people online were saying, well, maybe they'll just open up the power and light company, the the Space Mountain gift shop to be just like a walkway. Right. But then I'm thinking, like, mm, they're not going to do that because that's a gift shop that you knows the exit of Space Mountain. They're going to want to sell things there. And I'm sure they're going to sell Tron stuff there soon. Right. Right. They don't want to give a real estate that people are people are when people are used to where gift shops are, and restaurants are. You don't want to get rid of them. It's the same thing with the big top souvenirs and like the, the storybook circus area. You know, that was a, uh, you know, it was a merchandise place for when it was Toontown. And they kept it that way because people are used to their being merged there. So, right. You know, you don't want to change where things are. So it makes sense why it's still a gift shop and it's going to be interesting to get a lot of people back there. Awesome. Why don't uh, why don't we head over to Epcot where uh, a lot is going on? Yeah, yeah. So the center, if you haven't been, <laughs> the center of Epcot on the other side of Spaceship Earth, and in where Innoventions was, has been under construction mind um, uh, construction walls for a long time. So they announced that they have a couple new elements that are coming into that area. We're getting back fiber optic lighted pavement. There used to be a small section of it on the Innovations West side. At least that's the only place I remember it. 
and they it wasn't that big but it was still cool and it kind of like changed colors and everything but it sounds yeah, like I'm, we're gonna get a lot more of that i'm very excited for that i think that when they took out the fiber optic lighting uh it took out a little bit of the heart of the park for me epcot's about the spirit of humanity and uh, ingenuity and what more is ingenuity than lighted pavement i wish this is just my little thing on a side note you know when they do the parades in the parks they put down the masking tape to sort of section off where you can stand and sit for the parade and then they're, every time they're always taking it off and they're just throwing it away because it's tape right. can't reuse it it would be cool if they would make the areas for the parade lighted LED, lighted uh, fiber optic lighted leds whatever whatever's the best way to do it so that it just lights up and people know where to stand and sit you know who would fight you on that the 3m tape corporation (laughs) oh i cannot imagine a tape bill (laughs) they have like they have like roller things now i'm sure you've seen it where like the cast member will it's like on a wheel and they push it kind of like a like a walking like measuring stick or something it's the latest in tape distribution technology it's amazing like nobody like they're not bending down and putting a tape down they have this little like push behind thing like a push uh, lawnmower they are putting a center planter that is in the shape of the epcot flower logo now i wanted to go over the epcot flower logo real quick real quick you've seen it on merchandise and such it symbolizes unity fellowship and harmony around the world five outer rings are linked to form the shape of a flower a celebration of life. The heart of the logo is the earth, embraced by a star symbolizing hope. I hope that the imagination, commitment, and dedication, we can create a better tomorrow. That was uh, from Marty Scholar describing the Epcot flower uh, logo. So that will be on the ground with like a planter box in the middle. They are going to bring back large-scale topiaries with lighting and artistic elements to match the festival, uh, the seasons of the festivals. So like they will have, uh, according to concept art, there's big flower planter boxes and they're gonna like change out whatever's in them to match whatever festival's going on. So sort of like, you know, link the festivals and the World Showcase to what's going on now in the front of the park. Okay. Two big things though are Communicore Plaza is uh, at Two, sta- two stages, a bigger stage and a small stage with seating area, which will have entertainment and uh, artistic sort of performances. And then Communicore Hall, which will house a uh, Mickey and Friends meet and greet, a demo kitchen, mixology bar, gallery space, entertainment space. A couple of years ago when they were announcing all these Epcot changes, there was the, there wasn't a really name for it, but it was the festival center they were going to put in which looked kind of like a three-tiered tabletop in the middle of, uh, which was Future World, but now it's called World Celebration. And they have scrapped that idea and they are going to build a smaller building on the plot of land that was Interventions West, which where that was Communicore West. So to bring everything full circle, they have decided to call this area Communicore Hall and an outside Communicore Plaza. Okay, that's a kind of a nod to the past. A lot of those buildings towards the end of its life were empty because Innoventions didn't really keep up with bringing new exhibits. In that area, there was Club Cool, but behind it, there was a big empty hallway. 
and then there was the Mickey and Friends meet and greet, but there was still a lot of empty space there. And it is funny how they, so they tore down that building, which was underutilized, and now they are building a new building essentially where that was, and hopefully it gets utilized, we'll see, as time goes on. We, we seem to say that a lot with Disney these days. Time, time <laughs> will tell where this goes. I mean, and so Epcot's a funny park because it's huge, and there's a lot of event spaces. There's a lot of plate. There's a lot of lounges that we don't know about. I mean, well, actually, we kind of do know about them, but we don't like the common guest doesn't get to go there. And event spaces are rented out by corporations or rented out by weddings. Disney has their own private parties in there. And the theory was that that festival center was supposed to hold like dessert party corporate events. And so they now need to bring part of that back because they want people to still rent out that area. But they just sort of changed the way it's going to look and they made it. They sort of like scaled it down. It's an area that like common guests probably won't get to see too much unless if, you know, these mixology events, these demo kitchens, if they do that stuff year round and, you know, people are interested, people will go. A lot of that stuff would happen during the festivals in the old Wonders of Life Pavilion, which is supposed to be now the play pavilion that they're still working on. And those stuff, all that stuff was popular. I know friends of mine that would go to those, you know, kitchen demonstration events. So right. I, I, my guess is they expect that to come back, which I would think it would. Hopefully. Time will tell. There is no timetable on when this will happen. The 40th anniversary is this coming October 1st. I don't think it's going to be ready by October 1st, just because it's still it's still basically a pit. They did release concept art for the Moana Journey of Water attraction. Uh, there's no timetable on that either. They didn't really get into too much zoomed-in detail. It's more of like an overhead shot. Looks very nice. Looks very interesting. You could argue whether it should be an Epcot or in a different park, but it looks beautiful so if it's all natural or as much as much natural as it can be yeah that's there's a lot of nice a lot of green element. space the heart of tafiti is there it looks like some jumping fountains uh very reminiscent of what they have over in the imagination pavilion so uh, it will be interesting to see how that comes along right now it's just like a big pile of dirt and before that that area was a lot of concrete no shade it's where the fountain of nations was Based on the artwork, there is no return of Foundations, which is really unfortunate. I wish they would, they would bring something of that back. The way the concept art is showing, it's got a lot of trees, more shade structure, which that, that part of the park really needed. And it's going to have a lot of – the lighting looks great, and it's going to probably be a big – hopefully it's a big spot for nighttime. Because I can't remember the last time I spent a nighttime at Epcot – in the future world area it was always at world showcase because you know by the time you get by the time you get to world showcase it's towards the end of the day so i think they want to try to spread the people around which makes sense it does that's all i had for epcot unless if there was something else you wanted to add especially from your uh, recent trip tony uh well you know i i did have an opportunity to visit the connections cafe and the connections eatery this past week uh this is the new quick service location that is uh opened uh, in Epcot, in World Celebration, which is what they're calling that section of the park now. 
It was nice. It uh, really ties in with the Creation Shop, which is the new gift shop that opened last year. Very similar architecture. They're joined by a common walkway. Um, the restaurant is uh, almost where the electric umbrella used to be. It's a nice location. The Connections Cafe is uh, just really a Starbucks, and it's a nice Starbucks. They they pretty much you know offer coffee and light snacks. Uh, and then the Connections Eatery is a, uh, as I mentioned before, a quick service restaurant. Uh, and they have burgers, salads, pizza. I tried their new chicken sandwich, which, you know, like most restaurants these days, uh, uh, going after Chick-fil-A or Popeye's, you know, a, a fried a, a fried chicken breast with pickles on a bun. Uh, it was very good. Um, <laughs> I, did, I didn't go for the pizza. Uh, it's essentially one slice of pizza for ten fifty, uh, But that slice of pizza is probably a quarter of a small pie. Uh, so it's 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 one piece, but it is a very big piece of pizza. Uh, the pizzas looked good, and you know we're we're pretty snobby about our pizzas, uh, the two of us. Um, I will give it a try at some point. I'm not expecting much though. The burgers uh, looked good, as I mentioned. I had the chicken sandwich, and their signature uh, dessert item there is supposed to be the milkshakes, which I did not try because I'm I'm trying to keep some weight off. <laughs> but uh, a very nice location. Uh, phenomenal mural inside the uh, dining area, uh, real plates, uh, which seems to be the standard uh, now. Um, it, you know, it started with uh, Be Our Guest doing quick service on real plates with real silverware. Uh, and then Satuli Canteen, when they initially opened, they were uh, real plates. They they have since switched to paper plates. Uh, and that was the case during our visit last Did week. They really? Well, you know, last week. I don't know if that's a permanent switch. Connections Cafe and Eatery, uh, you know, real plates, which is nice, real cutlery, um, nothing plastic, and uh, a very nice, uh, very well lit, uh, fun place to eat. So if you get an opportunity and you're in Epcot, uh, you might want to check it out and uh, let us know what you think of it. And and that pretty much wraps up uh, Epcot. So let's head on over to Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios has a couple smaller additions. So they have a nighttime show that I sometimes forget about. It's called The Wonderful World of Animation. They they actually have two nighttime shows. What's the other one? Phantasmic? Well, Phantasmic is a third, but they have uh, two projection shows. They do have a second projection show? They do have a second projection show. So in addition to The Wonderful World of Animation, uh, they have the Disney Movie Magic projection show. Which takes place that, at eight forty. Oh. I didn't realize that. Because <laughs> this wonderful world of animation, yeah, it's nine o'clock. Nine o'clock is the wonderful world of animation projection show, okay. and these take place on the Chinese theater. Well, they've added to the wonderful world of animation Raya and the Last Dragon and Encanto scenes. Uh, if you're interested in that's at nine PM. There are no fireworks with that, I'm pretty sure, correct? You are correct. Yeah, it's just like, um, you know, video montage. The big nighttime show that people are talking about or that people care well, people care about the other ones too, I'm sure. But the ones that everybody really cares about is Fantasmic. It's supposed to be coming back later this year. And the big news is that they have removed the, they will be removing the large Pocahontas scene. That was where she would fight, I believe his name is Governor Radcliffe. Right, Tony? Does that you sound are correct. Right? They decided to remove that, have a heroic moment with Mulan, Elsa, Aladdin, Pocahontas, so she she gets to stay a little bit. 
and uh, Moana. That new scene will take the place of the Pocahontas scene that's being removed. So we don't know when exactly that opens up, end of the year, but that will be exciting. Now, I wonder if they're removing uh, or if they had a similar Pocahontas scene in the Disneyland version of Fantasmic. They did not have Pocahontas. They recently redid that show with a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. And um, when I say recently, <laughs> I say recently, but it was, I don't know, three years ago, I guess, at this point, maybe four. I have not not actually seen it because every time it, it goes down a lot. I should say it goes down like like it's under refurb or something. And, and if they're working on the river, they can't do it. If they're working on New Orleans Square, because that one takes place physically on the waterfront of New Orleans Square, they really can't do it. Because they've been updating a lot of New Orleans Square um, walkways and such. And I guess they feel that they're not ready to hold that many people in that area. But to answer your question, no, their fantastic did not have that Pocahontas scene. Uh, interesting, it lasted this long, but you know what? It's always good to you know change things up a little bit sometimes. Fantasmic is good. It's nice. It's got seats because the one in Disneyland does not. You got to stand for it. It is a pain in the neck to get in and out of them. They want you. You're supposed to get there early, and I hate like arriving to like things like that early because I feel like you're just sitting around wasting time. But you can. You used to be able to get dining packages with some of the restaurants, and I'm sure that will come back when it opens. Right. All right. Is that everything from uh, Hollywood Studios? Oh, yes. Hollywood Studios is a little light this week. All right. Let's head on over to Animal Kingdom where there is uh, some exciting news, and that is that the parking lot trams are going to be returning, uh, and that is effective May 27th. Uh, On our visit last week, uh, the only park that had trams running still, I believe, was Magic Kingdom. Uh, We did not see any trams at uh, Epcot or uh, Hollywood Studios. Uh, and we know from this story that they're not running at Animal Kingdom either. So uh, a second park getting the trams back, that is big news, um, especially over the summertime since those parking lots are hot. Uh, asphalt in 100-degree in weather is awful tough to walk across. So nice to see the parking lot trams returning. Also returning to Animal Kingdom is Kevin from Up. Uh, in January, he had been around Discovery Island she. Uh, in a stationary location. She, you are correct. Thank you. And uh, now she is back walking around Discovery Island, not stationary, with her Wilderness Explorer handlers. So she is uh, once again taking pictures with guests and uh, nice to see her back in the parks. Uh, you know who I did get a picture with when I was there last week? Divine. Divine was in the in the Discovery Island area. Uh, hanging out, and I almost yes. walked past her without even realizing it was her. So well, that means it. that means she's doing her job. It, it does mean she's doing her job. Uh, and people who won't be doing their jobs after May twenty seventh, <laughs> the ground performers from the Disney's Kite Tales show are being let go. Um, if you've had an opportunity to see this show, uh, you know that there are ground performers who work with kites and some puppets to enhance the story, which is very thin during Kite Tales, and uh, they are being let go. So as of May 27th, there will be no scheduled performances in your Times Guide, and they will be performing Kite Tales with just the kites on the water, and uh, they will be doing it at sporadic times. And the reason they're doing this is they say it will allow guests to see the performance from around the lake area uh, and not just specifically themed towards those who are seated in the theater. Now, 
in my opinion, this is a shame. Uh, a couple of years ago, they tried with the Rivers of Light show, uh, which they built this theater for. Um, you know, they just they just can't get anything going in here. Uh, they made a couple of alterations to Rivers of Light. That didn't work. That show closed quickly. Kite Tales was announced. Um, it opened with a kite crashing into the crowds, I believe. And if you've had an opportunity to see it, it's just not a good show. I'm hoping that whoever uh, whoever thought this up is no longer employed by the company. Um, it is very short. It's loosely themed on The Jungle Book. And I'm not even really sure what I watched or what the whole point of the show was other than to get some kites pulled by jet skis. The Jungle Book or Lion King, they had two versions. Okay. Uh, well, I was I was lucky enough to see the Jungle Book version. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It was not good. I don't want to sound negative. Obviously, they, they agree it was not good because they're getting rid of it the way it is. Well, I, I will say the, the kites, you know, the, the Baloo kite, uh, the King Louie kite, Amazing kites, you yeah. know, very cool, very cool to see them pulled and fill up with air, but there's no story. You know, you don't know why you're watching it. You don't know why these kites exist. You know, get, give me a story. And and there's just nothing. It, it, it's it's almost like somebody said, hey, let's put a kite show on jet skis and That's then gave it no additional said. thought. A couple things. Those kites, I'm sure, were expensive because um, they're custom. There's only one of them, right? Maybe they have a backup. But I have a hope and a prayer that the performers that were doing the puppets in the stands have to stop doing that because they're going to be doing the Nemo show. Well, my thought is that uh, the next day is when the trams open up, so they're all going to go out and drive trams. Maybe. they. I, I hope they don't just lay them off because like, the show isn't good. Like, um, but, um, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it either. Um, the crashing into the stands, which is very, oh, that's it here. The way I thought, looked at it was, this is not a show that is that the same park that had the Nemo show and that, that with those puppets and the, sh that had, uh, the Lion Festival Lion King show, which is like Broadway caliber has this <laughs> right. going on on the lake with jet skis that you see the jet ski like it was just the storage boxes the dog houses that the, that the kites were in were very primitive it just seems to me like it was a very like low key low cost hastily put together show that i just look at that and I'm like this is not disney standards this is something that i would see at the jersey shore you know in the, on the bay this is something i would see at at sea world you know it's maybe <laughs> it's just uh yeah it was just strange i don't i don't know why animal kingdom can't do something in that space it's unfortunate maybe they need to do like a world of color thing where a platform comes up but i don't think they want to do that because that's expensive to maintain yeah who knows um, maybe they don't want to do anything on the show i don't know yeah it's it's uh, just not a good anything it's just not a good show it's just not good but as adam mentioned uh you know this is the same park that has the nemo show uh, and Disney Parks Josh Tomorrow, uh, Disney Parks Chairman uh, Josh Tomorrow, released a photo on his Instagram account, a, a picture of the uh, one of the new screens that is being used for uh, Finding Nemo, the Big Blue and Beyond, as well as the cast uh, were in the photo. And uh, you know this show is opening soon. There is not a, an opening date, but it's going to be told uh, during the Finding Dory era from the Marine Life Institute. Uh, and this is going to be in the theater in the wild. 
in Disney's Animal Kingdom. So we have that to look forward to hopefully later this year. And that that I'm sure will be a quality production worthy, a worthy successor to Finding Nemo, the stage show. I hope they bring back the uh, I would think so the, in the big blue world. I mean, that's a yes, that's a song written by the Lopez, um, Robert and Christine, Christina Lopez, who did the uh, song, the music for Frozen for I think they did Avenue Q on Broadway. They've done a bunch of stuff. They are really talented. They've done stuff for, I think, Moana. Um, like that's a song that Disney owns that they should never get rid of <laughs> in the big blue world. I mean, it's so good that they put it in the um in the Nemo ride. Did it go in the Nemo ride first? Maybe it did. The Nemo huh. ride is, I think, older than the. You know what? I I could be crossing them in mind. But yeah, regardless, right. regardless, we're not here for that. We're here to talk about the thing coming back, and that's that's, uh, right. that's important. That's and right. That's good. That's good. I want to ask you yeah. a quick question, uh, Tony. Animal Kingdom is a full day park, and my all of the parks are full day parks. If you do everything or mostly everything, but Animal Kingdom has the reputation of you know being a park that you leave at you know five six o'clock because you've done everything because there isn't as many things to do, and maybe that's true. So my question to you is: Is does Animal Kingdom have like a bad rap when it comes to putting in a nighttime show, and it just will never really work? They do, but they do have a nighttime show. They do have their projection show on the Tree of Life now, Awakenings, and they have a couple right. of different versioning versions of Awakenings. Uh, the problem is during the summer months, the park is never open late enough uh, for darkness to come. Gotcha. Um, so that works more, uh, you know, that works better in the wintertime. Um, yeah. They are extending their hours. I think they were open till 8 or 8.30 uh, when we were there last week. So they, they have extended. It used to be closed at 7 almost every night. And um, they have extended their hours. They do have the nighttime show. I know they do have a nighttime safari, uh, which is a separate experience. Um, not a part oh, that's of the, the paid thing. Yeah, right. you have to pay for that. Yeah. So they have that. I will tell you, based on our trip last week, we did four parks, four days. We did have hoppers. You know, you're right. Animal Kingdom used to be a half-day park. Uh, but I think they're a full-day park now. You know what was a half-day park for us? Hollywood Studios. Hollywood Studios, exactly. Because there's there's just not enough there. You know, it's funny you say that because it does have a it does have it used to have like three rides. <laughs> a couple of years right. ago, it had three rides. It has more now. You do all the rides and you wait in the lines and you do most of the shows. Indiana Jones, Frozen, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, you can you can fill a good day. And the the thing that Hollywood Studios has going for it is the restaurants. Sci-Fi, Brown Derby, and Fifties are all quality restaurants for dinner. They are. What about Mama um, Melrose? And I've never, I've never eaten there, but people, the people that like it, like it. Okay. That's fine too. But the, I would go to one of those three first before I went to Mama Melrose, mm-hmm. um, because I have my own Mama Melrose at home. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. Whereas Animal Kingdom doesn't really have it. They have Tiffins, which is great, and Yak and Yeti people love, but some people maybe get turned off by the food options there because it's kind of like asian type food and not everybody likes that which is fine when I, we would go with my family we'd always do animal kingdom lodge for dinner right on an animal kingdom day because you've got you know the, the bowl and the sanaa which are fantastic right and i just it gets hurt by having that so close in that not everybody wants to stay late i agree so, you know, not only is the, the Tree of Life Awakening show uh, one of their nighttime specials, uh, but I, w- I would say, you know, if you're going to be in the area, check out Pandora. 
at night because that is, uh, you know, a lot of bioluminescence. It's pretty breathtaking. Yeah, and I would, I, as we were talking, I, in my mind, I was like, wait a minute, Pandora at night is beautiful, and I haven't seen that in a while. The thing is, there isn't any, there's nothing else going on other than just looking at it, and how long can you look at it? I guess I've become jaded, and I'm like, okay, I've seen it once, I've seen it. Like we said before, now that it's late, it gets later, <laughs> as Yogi Berra would say, it gets late later out here, right? It's, right. it's, um, it gets later early out here, but uh, the sun stays out longer. So <laughs> it's 8:30, and it's you know the sun is still out down there. So it's just you know you've been there to the parks all day. I can understand you want to leave you know before eight o'clock. You know go to bed for the next one, especially if there's no fireworks or a big show to see at Animal Kingdom. So uh, it's unfortunate, but if you can stay for the bioluminescence, you can stay for the Tree of Life Awakening show. Do it. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. And I, th- I think that wraps up our park news. Uh, and we did want to touch base on some entertainment happenings this week because there's a lot going on in the world of Disney entertainment, uh, Disney Plus and theatrically. Uh, and I think the first big one is uh, end of the month. We've got Kenobi coming up and there was a new trailer for it. And I and I, I, I know you got a chance to watch it. Oh, yeah, I watched it. I watched video YouTube videos where they break <laughs> YouTube videos that are that are 10 minutes long for a trailer that's 30 seconds long right <laughs> oh, yes um i really hmm, i cannot wait for this because i love because spoiler alert darth vader's coming back and more darth vader the better it has some characters i'm unfamiliar with because they're from the cartoon animated series and hopefully they explain a little bit of them in the show because I don't know much about them. And I'm sure a lot of other people don't either. I am hoping that uh, it'd be really cool if they like, I think it's limited series, but it would be really cool if we get a sec. I know I'm already looking for a second season. They haven't started the first one yet, but it would be interesting to see if like they leave space for a second season after it. Like if they don't just end it right when, you know, in theory, episode four would start. So, um, well, you know, so I don't think right. they will, but it, it, it is listed as a limited series. Um, we know Moon Knight just ended. That was a limited series as well. Uh, supposedly, there is no season two. The thing I find amazing is that, you know, we're waiting for this Star Wars series Andor, which is the uh, story of Cassian Andor from Rogue One. A prequel and, to a prequel. Well, it's a prequel to a prequel. Right? And not only. <laughs> Um, was that already approved for season two without having yes. its first episode shown, but they had authorized five seasons and they just cut it down to three or four. Oh. So, uh, you know, very, very odd that Kenobi's being listed as a six episode limited series and, and, or, uh, you know, they're going to give this guy like four seasons. Um, but no, like you, I'm very excited for. Uh, Kenobi, which debuts on Disney Plus on May 27th, and every uh, Wednesday, uh, because Kenobi episodes are going to debut on Fridays, um, but uh, every Wednesday they're going to debut some new Kenobi items. So I believe they're known as Obi Wan Wednesdays uh, oh. for Disney for Disney merchandise related to Kenobi. Oh, okay. So check that out. Um, I, also in I, entertainment, I just want to say I wonder if. Ewan McGregor as an actor costs a lot of money, whereas this Cassian Andor guy, I don't even know what the heck his name is, <laughs> maybe he doesn't, 
and I just wonder if they can stretch their dollar out more with more of that guy's series versus what an Obi-Wan Kenobi series would be. Uh, that's a good question, and uh, Diego Luna does not appreciate the fact that you don't know his name. <laughs> See, I forgot his name because it's been a while. Rogue One, I love Rogue One. Um, it's it's funny we're getting like I said a prequel to a prequel. Um, it would be it's going to be interesting to see more of that story. I just wonder like so if they're doing the third season, I wonder if one of those seasons isn't going to be around him, or it's going to be around maybe the um, the Jin Erso character. Or yeah, but the, somebody else. But the whole show's called Andor, which is his last name. Well, maybe they're saying that to to just say that, but they're gonna change maybe. it. Maybe. Kind of like how Book of Boa Fett is not a season three of Mandalorian, but I mean there were two episodes where Boba Fett wasn't even in them. So, right. so in his own show. So it could be one of those deals where like they sort of spin off and you know, do something else with another, but with, with another person, because Star Wars is, you know, they're in this like linear timeline. They have been for, they've, they've only really been in this linear timeline, at least with the movies and the Disney plus stuff, but they're constantly putting, you know, they're constantly going into the timeline and filling in gaps right. and maybe in branching off a little bit. So maybe that's what they're going to be doing. That'd be cool. I think. Right. Well, as we've said before, time will tell. Mm-hmm. That should be the subtitle of this episode. Maybe I'll maybe I'll make that the title. Excellent. Also in theatrical news this week, uh, Disney Pixar put out a two and a half minute special look at Disney Pixar's Lightyear, uh, which is coming to theaters in June, I believe, late June. Yeah. June seventeenth, um, actually, mid June. Uh, so that is a nice two-minute look at the actual hero on which the toy is based. So we've got a prequel to a prequel, and then we've got an origin story for the actual hero on which the toy is based. And uh, can it get any more confusing? The movie Lightyear is based on the real person that existed in that Toy Story universe, correct? Well, outside of the Toy Story universe, in the the real Pixar universe. <laughs> Wait a minute. So it there was a real per- I don't know if his name was Buzz Lightyear or not, but there was a real astronaut named Buzz Lightyear. His name was Buzz Lightyear. His name is Buzz Lightyear. Okay. And so then they made a movie about him, which is the movie that we're going to get in June. And it's my understanding that Andy would have seen this movie and bought the toy. Based on the movie. Correct. Uh, now, the problem with that thinking is that Toy Story came out in, like, what, 1994? Right. And the graphics are, you know, for 94, are amazing. But for now, they're a little crummy. So, like, you would wonder why, you know, he looks like him, but the Buzz Lightyear movie looks fantastic. <laughs> But I guess we have to suspend disbelief with that. With that, we one. do, and 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 I I totally look forward to this movie. Uh, Lightyear is being voiced by Chris Evans, who you may know as Captain America, and uh, it 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 gives us a lot of uh, a lot of what we're used to with Buzz Lightyear. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be some new elements as well, and uh, it will be nice to see the true story of uh, hero Buzz Lightyear. Do you think we get a origin Woody story? Uh, you know, if, I'm sure if this Lightyear movie. movie is successful, that's coming next. 
And if they do that, do they have Tom Hanks voice him, or do they get somebody else to voice him? Well, no, because they they didn't get they didn't get uh, Tim Allen to voice Buzz yeah. Lightyear. They got Chris Evans. So they would, so they would get maybe they'll else. get Robert Downey Jr. to voice. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Oh, so um, many layers. I and, will say uh, they had a Lightyear trailer before Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Yes. And and that's actually where I was going next, because Ooh. you talk about, you know, you, you talk about just all these layers that are built on top of stuff. And now we've got multiverses. Um, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness did open up this weekend. It opened up to about 400 and I've got what over 450 million dollar worldwide box office, 185 million in the United States. Um, it was definitely off target from what Spider-Man did. That was 587 million worldwide on its opening week. And uh, I believe this is the fourth largest Marvel opening and the sixth largest box office weekend of all time. Uh, so kudos to Doctor Strange. No spoilers here. I enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing it again. There's a lot of stuff going on. What were your thoughts? I enjoyed it also. There were some things that don't make sense and there were some things i would nitpick about it we could do a show where we actually do talk about it and i think we should and and that'll be but, after the spoiler window has uh, uh elapsed yeah yeah um but yeah i i enjoyed it i i've always liked tim as a character he's a little bit like iron man a little arrogant uh little little like full of himself but smart guy and you know is trying to do the right thing so I, uh, I enjoyed it greatly. And another trailer, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but the other Disney trailer that uh, came out before uh, Doctor Strange was, of course, Thor. And uh, Cheryl's very excited for Thor. Uh, Chris Pratt, Chris Hemsworth, two of her favorite uh, Marvel characters. This Thor Love and Thunder, you know, a.k.a. Thor 4, very interesting that Natalie Portman comes back. Because it's my understanding she didn't want anything to do with Infinity War and Endgame. Um, <laughs> I'll have to research that more. But like in Endgame, I don't even think it was her in those scenes where they went back right. uh, to when she was on Asgard. I think it was just a body double because you never see her face. You just see like her hair and her arm. Mm -hmm. And I don't even think that was her. I know they credited her for it, but I I don't think it was her. Um, well, I'm you gonna, know what? You you throw enough money at somebody and they'll come back. Well, that's the thing. Maybe that's what it is. But there was another trailer that was before my movie. I saw it in IMAX. Maybe you didn't see it in IMAX and you wouldn't have seen this trailer. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Avatar The Way of Water. But that's still not Disney. It's a well, loose tie-in. Eh, well, it's Disney now, Tony. No, Disney. it's 20th, it's 20th century. Yeah, Disney owns 20th. Oh, yeah. 20th. Yeah, that's Disney movie. I forgot. I was thinking Fox. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's when Disney bought Fox, they bought the rights, the I'm, the, this, the contract. I'm not ready to talk about Avatar yet. It's way too <laughs> soon. Well, I saw the trailer and I have no idea what's going on. No idea because there wasn't much dialogue, but it is very beautiful to look, see. So it is. It, it's it, as beautiful as Flight of Passage is, and I think I, we see. A lot of the same animals that you see along the seashore uh, and in the sea during Flight of Passage in this movie. Yeah. Avatar, the first Avatar for the longest time was the number one gross, grossing movie of all time. Made like it $2 still billion. Is. Dollars. It still is now. It went back it, to yeah, that. They, they re-released it um, last year. 
and it surpassed Endgame. And I believe uh, and, they're re-releasing it again. And they're re-releasing it again in November in yeah. preparation for the sequel in December. The, the new schedule now is we get an Avatar movie every two years between now and 2028. Oh, so there, there are four <laughs> sequels scheduled. <laughs> Oh man, it's, it's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. It's it's very funny that it took them 13 years to pump out the first sequel, and now we're getting one every two years. Yeah, yeah, that is uh, it's fine. It's my understanding they filmed like two and three at the same time. So like, yeah, like I think we're at least getting the third because they've already filmed it. I don't know about the other ones yet. Like you know, you know, things can get canceled and et cetera. They can. But, um, that one will that will be interesting. I don't know if it'll make as much money because people might not care as much, but. Well, you know what I like to say, Adam? Time will tell. Time will tell. (laughs) All right. What time is telling me now is that it's time to bring this show to a close. And I'd like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on many social media platforms. Just search on Mouse and More Podcast. On behalf of Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everybody. Night.